and we're back. It's episode 36 of the podcast. Getting down to the last couple episodes here of 2021. Hard to believe, Kelsey. I've been at this now for almost a whole year. Indeed. We should have a party. We should. Yes. Uh, birthday or anniversary or <laughs> whatever we call yeah. it, but we should absolutely have a party. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, hey, let's um, address the elephant in the room right away. Um, Our two-week break? Yeah, how about it? Um, so here's what happened. Uh, we recorded, was it Friday after Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just with the way the, the Bears schedule worked out, that was going to be the, the best time to record. And obviously with the holiday weekend, we both had some availability. Um, and I went to go edit the podcast on Sunday morning. And I don't know what I did, what button I hit, but the audio just disappeared and I couldn't get it back. So my bad, Emi. Um, let's uh, let's not do that again. And this is a reminder to constantly save your work, no matter what you're doing on the computer. That text was great. <laughs> I know. I- so <laughs> dot 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 dot. Kind of lost the podcast. I was mad too because I thought it was pretty damn good. Yeah, and then you were like, "We could, we could re-record," and I was like, "No, I (laughs) yeah, I appreciate that, but no." Little, little two-week break. Um, Yeah, Uh, the Bears did win their Thanksgiving game, of course, and we (laughs) we talked about how there was no like reaction to it Um, when we were watching it. The uh, Cairo makes that field goal to win the game, and you're just like, okay. Correct. We yeah. were actively rooting against them. <laughs> yeah, right. Sort of figured that if they lost um, that game, that would be the nail in the coffin yeah. for Nike, So Yeah, there was a lot of speculation that week. Uh, just a wild week in, um, you know, Bearsdom, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Is Nagy being fired? Is he not being fired? Who made the call to start Justin Fields? Do the Bears want Nagy around? It just a, uh, oh, man, it there's certain organizations in sports where from the outside looking in, you're just like, man, I'm glad I'm not a part of that. Or man, I'm glad I'm not a fan of that team. Chicago bears are that team right now. Pretty much. You're like, <laughs> Oh, I don't want a piece of that. Oh yeah. That's my piece. That's and now piece. we get to watch the bears on Sunday night football against the green Bay Packers at Lambeau field, Aaron Rodgers and company have a chance to clinch the division potentially. So, um, yeah, not going to be pretty on Sunday. Watch, they'll go up and upset the Packers. I don't think that's going to happen. Especially with um, Justin Fields now um, probably. Look, if I were the Bears sitting at 4-8, and eight, I'm going to let Andy Dalton play the rest of the season. I know that Justin is the quarterback of the future and Correct. you know needs game reps, but you're gaining nothing by putting him out there and – you know, risking further injury, especially with ribs. Like what Matt Nagy said is like, it's a pain tolerance thing. And I mean, I, I would imagine just one good solid shot from a defensive lineman or he gets landed on wrong. He's going to re-aggravate that rib injury. So, you know, you're, you're not going anywhere. Have him learn under Andy Dalton and then start fresh next year. It's almost, oh, he really shouldn't have started this season because of inexperience and fate just stepped in and helped out <laughs> right yeah I mean that, that was the plan right Andy Dalton was supposed to be the starter and then Correct. he gets he gets hurt and Justin is you know forced into action you know maybe prematurely 
Um, you know, I think to some extent that is true. Um, but he did some good things while he was in there. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, w w look, it, it's a long way. It's going to be a long December of football. We know the Bears aren't going anywhere. Oh. <laughs> um, Not the football. The quote, obviously. What? It's been a long December. Oh, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> Every time December comes around, right. that's just all I think about. Yep. It's like okay. September. Wake me up when September ends. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's your, uh, that's your yeah, I guess. Association, free association. Yeah. Got it. Sure. I'm on board. Um, I can do that. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. So five games left for the Bears now. They've played 12. We get five more Bears games. Actually, two more primetime games, if you can believe that. Some genius had the idea to put the Bears on primetime five or six times this year. Um, it's this Sunday against the Packers, and then there's another Monday night game. I think it's against the Vikings. Um, I think second to last week of the season. I think it's the last Monday night game of the year because they don't, they don't do a Monday night game um, in week 17 or 18, I guess, this year. Did go through and put all of the Bears games into my calendar at some point. Nice. So there's a lot of discussion in my home about not making plans during Bears <laughs> games, and I was like, ah, this is just too, too much of a pain to go look them up every time. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, like, dear God, there really aren't a lot on um, Sundays. Like, it seemed like very few compared to you know what I had expected, and I was like, ah. Just there was a stretch. Um... They played the Steelers on Monday night. They had a bye. They played the Lions on Thanksgiving. It was like three out of four Sundays yeah. the Bears didn't play. <laughs> yes, yes. Because yeah. I, I think I made some maybe some mess-ups in September and October. So that discussion might have come like toward the end of October. And then November was completely irrelevant. So, you know, yeah. it's always well, great. I guess we'll just kind of watch. And, and I, I can't help but laugh. Like Andy Dalton throwing four interceptions. Um, on Sunday oh, against the Cardinals. Travesty. I mean, wasn't it like the second or third play of the game he threw one? It was. Our, I believe it was the second play of the yeah. game. Yes, uh, because I think we did. We missed kickoff. Mm -hmm. We were in a couple minutes late. The first thing we saw was that, <laughs> and so I, it was either yeah, it was very early on, and we were just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, so that was um, unfortunate. So Bears Packers at Lambeau Sunday Night Football um, national TV. Uh, that'll be a fun one to sit through. Um, not a great way to end the weekend. You, you, have you ever, you, you've heard the term Sunday scaries before, right? I don't know that I have. So it's but like, I'm on board. Yeah. So it's like that feeling on Sunday evening, maybe around three, four o'clock where you're like, oh, shit, the weekend's over. I got to get up and go to work in the morning. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. No, Kevin <laughs> just becomes a complete asshole on Sundays <laughs> and so we don't call it anything cute we just say oh it must be Sunday <laughs> um, my mother-in-law does um, a not as intense thing and it usually comes later in the day on Sunday Kevin's pretty early uh -huh. in fact sometimes he gets this feeling on Saturdays really oh it's I obnoxious. cherish my Saturdays it's obnoxious my favorite Saturday's is my favorite day of the week I it should say. be. It's yeah. a great day. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. you would ruin it. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's, it's a pretty standard take. Um, yeah, so Sunday Scaries. <laughs> I saw a tweet from one of the Barstool guys that <clears throat> the Sunday Scaries trigger is that uh, uh, 60 minutes time clock 
ticking or whatever. You know what I'm talking mm, about? When they yes, pre I when do. they preview the 60 minutes episode the coming intro? up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally know. You know yes. it's the second half. It's the second half of the afternoon games and football's almost mm. over for the day and yeah, within like, you know, a couple hours you're getting ready for bed for work on Monday. <laughs> I must be the weird guy who I don't mind Sundays. I mean, in fact, I I kind of like them. It's still a weekend day, so it's definitely yeah. better than Monday. I I almost hate Tuesdays more than I hate Mondays. I okay, talk about that. So I'd like to know why. Monday we can be mentally prepared for, right? Because mm. like you have that that unwinding time on Sunday. Like okay, getting organized for the week. What's my schedule this week? Uh, you know, what do I got to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can get through Monday, right? You can everybody can commiserate. Oh, it's Monday. You know, whatever. But then Tuesday, and it's like. Shit, I still got four more days before I can, you know, have like some time off Like you thought it was again. going to improve. <laughs> right. Like yeah. the week should have gone better. Right. Because it's no longer Monday. Right, exactly. I get that. But yeah, I it's actually just like, do get that. Yeah. It's like. Okay. Yeah. I have to say, <laughs> I think it depends a bit on where you're working. True. Because we had a, a culture, I guess for lack of a better term. Um, at my last job where like everything was scheduled on Tuesday and Friday. Okay. And I don't know when Fridays became like the thing, but like Tuesday was just like back to back to back to back to back meetings. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot of internals, but like also a lot of our partners and stuff seemed to want to do Tuesday meetings. Huh. And it's like, that's not, no, no one needs that. No one needs that <laughs> shit on a Tuesday. So I'm with you to an extent. I think it it is a little bit dependent on where you are. It, it can be worse, and it was in that case. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also want to point out the dreaded, we got acquired by a city, or um, pardon me, a company headquartered in Pacific. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, that's that, where our HQ that was is too, yeah. painful, yes, because it was, you know, we were a very little guy by a very big guy, mm -hmm. and everything was like, oh, we're going to start all of our meetings at 3 p.m. and go until 7. And you're like, <laughs> The hell you are. Bitch, please. <laughs> right. No, no. I'm in here very early in the morning, very early for you. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No. Luckily, um, we don't deal a lot with, um, HQ, it, we're, in, yeah. we're based out of Portland, Oregon. Like we're obviously part of the company, but very much self-contained in our, in our own Again, office. depends so, on, right. yeah, exactly how you're really connected. But I was just like, damn, this sucks. Yeah. In my current job, we do a lot of international support and international business. Uh. And we have partners in other countries, but, um, our partners require a lot of interaction um, and one of the guys is in India and he's like, how early can I get on your calendar? Because <laughs> 8 a.m. for me is like 9 p.m. for him. Sure. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, how early can I get in there? Because it's just uh, China and India are two where we yeah. do a lot of business. And I'm, I'm like, you know, our, our calendars are, I might, I might start at eight, but I'm probably not like available in my my scheduling link until like more like nine o'clock mm -hmm. like my company will give me that buffer and not schedule things early and i always tell them like you could just fine just go ahead <laughs> it's fine. Send me yeah because i feel for them like Man, right it's 9 p.m where you are <laughs> go to bed it's way past your bedtime right 
though. Um, what was uh, the reaction like in your house when um, Brian Kelly announced that he was leaving Notre Dame? <gasps> what was the reaction? At, that the news reaction came out of nowhere. Shock. Was absolute shock. Um, a little bit of devastation because we've come to really love Brian Kelly. Um, Kevin's just, I mean, he was in awe and then he saw the contract and he was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> right. Damn. Yeah. Cause damn, is money, that man getting money paid talks. well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, and you and I had been talking maybe during our deleted episode <laughs> about, um, you know, getting the opportunity to retire from where you want to yeah. be and how few have that opportunity. I mean, you can't, you really can't miss an opportunity like this if that's what he wanted that's what he wanted um mm -hmm. you know i think that there are people who might have stayed but i don't um begrudge him this amazing opportunity um and uh yeah kevin was just shocked so yeah. as was i from what i've read which isn't much uh, about the new guy he was on staff right the i think um i forget his name off the top of my head Freeman, I think, is his. Oh God! Is that his name? Anyway, I, I think he was on staff already, and they just promoted him up to head coach. He was, yeah, he like, was. All things positive, from what I can tell. I mean, it's it's like not bad news. It's just, it, but it is bad, right? It's just sad because right. yeah. you know we like him, and um, you don't want to see that. Now, if it had been a Nagy resignation, like that might have been different. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer. Um, not as unwelcome as the news that you texted me yesterday. Oh, yeah. Which was pretty devastating. Um, the much-contested winner of the Kentucky Derby um, died after a workout yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ago? Uh, yesterday, yeah. Yesterday, and that was just absolutely sad. Um, and uh, I was shocked and kind of upset and of course then I was reading a little bit about um the investigation that's still ongoing for the derby um and um we've talked and we talked especially in some of the derby episodes or some of the horse racing episodes about um a horse being really valuable to stud and yep. to breed mm -hmm. and um how devastating that is from an owner's perspective um, the particular article that you sent me, I thought was interesting because it was very um, personal and or seemed kind of like, you know, these people are devastated. They they lost an investment, um, yep. but they're not unfeeling, right? They are upset on a personal level that yeah. this horse died. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that maybe goes overlooked a little bit. Um, by people who are not fans of racing. Well, we've we've talked like. before about how, um, you know, when you're close to the game and, you know, have vested interests, um, yes, it's an investment. And, yes, it can be, um, you know, at, at the elite level, it can be, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Um, but it's like having a dog that's just ten times the size and, um, people love these animals and mm -hmm. you really feel for, um, the grooms and the assistant trainers that work with these horses, you know, every day, um, and, you know, care for the horses, bathe the horses, feed the horses. 
Um, you know, those are those are the people who really, really get attached to the animals, and yeah. um, you know, especially to have a high-profile horse like that. I mean, look, we've we've been in the paddock at Arlington when you know, you know, something unfortunate like that oh. happens, um, and you got to explain it to a guest somehow. Um, but it's you know, to have it happen to Medina Spirit, um, he just raced in the Breeders' Cup Classic a month ago. Um, and I'm assuming was in training for whatever his next, you know, race was going to be, um, just brings up more questions about the sport, you know, um, mm -hmm. Bob Baffert is barred from, although it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because, um, you know, we, we got the report this week that, um, the ointment did cause the positive test, but it's not a final, um, like the, the case isn't closed is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Um, you know, what happens to Bob Baffert um, after that report is finalized? Will he be allowed? He got a two-year suspension from the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So will that be lifted? What? It's a little sad that if it is, it's posthumously. Just It's just sad. Yeah. Like, there's this contention. I mean, the, the horse doesn't know. It didn't care, I'm sure. But, like it's just kind of a bummer. Like right. they're still, still contending this and it doesn't matter to, you know, that it's, it's just going to kind of come out that way. But yeah, the, was it a New York? I don't know why the New York racing board was involved um, because it was a Kentucky, Kentucky race, but it sounded like New York was conducting the. Um, right. So this yeah. goes back to a conversation we've had before that the horse racing does not have a national governing body. Yeah. Right. Every state does their own thing. And, um, you know, Bob Baffert would send horses to Saratoga. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the premier race meet of, of the on the calendar. He would send horses yeah. to Belmont. Right. Um, so I think Naira said just pro, uh, Naira is the New York Racing Association. Uh, mm -hmm. They just proactively said, hey, you know, if you're going to be, you know, doing funny business with horses, then we don't want we don't want that here. We're trying to clean up the sport. Yeah. Um, okay. That yeah. makes sense. So, but, and and I think it'll be interesting since their their study that you alluded to earlier, but just for our listeners, basically concluded that the um, undesirable um, chemical that was um, in our Kentucky Derby Wasn't winner it was beta methazone, right? Something that was like the name that. Yeah. yeah. I was trying not to say it because I <laughs> was going to feel stupid. So, thank you. Um, and basically was part of a topical cream, not a, not an injection. Right. Um, and that the topical application, according to Bob Baffert, and a lot of this stuff is being filtered through his attorney. That's hard to kind of, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, Get through but the lawyer that speak. Exactly. Um, but that that specifically was being used to treat a rash and was never intended to be in it and was a good quote unquote good version of it. And so. Um, that's kind of what you were alluding to earlier. I just want everyone to understand yeah. what we were talking about there. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be very interested to see um, how all that turns out. But it's sad. Right. It's just sad to to see that um, happen. And um, we've talked a lot about it's part of the sport um, in a way that it's not a part of other sports. Sure. Um, and that that's hard. And um, a lot of people have a lot of feelings about it, particularly animal rights groups yeah um and it's just it you know it's just hard yeah that's all injuries happen in sports mm -hmm. but in horse racing they're a little bit more consequential yeah yeah a lot and more I mean, consequential 
they think it's um I think it was a heart attack, right? It was what yeah. the, the preliminary um mm-hmm. fell do a yeah. necropsy, which is a an autopsy for a horse uh, or an an animal of any kind. It's called a necrop. You're curious. I did not know that. I, I know that from my sister's time as a zookeeper, friend mm-hmm. of the podcast, Lauren mm-hmm. Gucci. Necropsy. Um, in fact, I have a fun little story. I don't oh. know if I told it when she was on. My sister, when she was in college studying chemistry, um, but she was doing, I'm sorry, biology, um, but she was doing an anatomy class, I think. Um, came home to our childhood home one day and gotten off the train handed me a black plastic trash bag and said, hold this. Oh, I think you did tell this story. Did I? Yeah. Oh, it was a cat. It was yeah. a dead cat. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm dead now. It was a necropsy. In case yeah. You're um, yeah, so more to come on, on Medina Spirit and exactly what happened. And um, I hope there was no foul play involved and it was just an, an unfortunate thing because, I mean, like I said, we've been in the paddock at Arlington before um, mm-hmm. when horses have reared up and gotten injured, or, uh, I think on multiple occasions, there's been horses that have collapsed in the paddock because of heart attack. And, um, it happens. It, it, it does yeah. happen. Um, so yeah, I think that's all the, the in, major headlines. In lighter oh. news. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, we, we can talk just briefly about Christmas. Oh, sure. Yeah, Cause absolutely. it's coming up. Yeah. And uh, and before it was like a little early to be talking Christmas, but that episode got erased, so I don't feel <laughs> bad. Um, and so some of this it will be repeat for you and me, but not for anybody else. Um, and I just want to talk about how much we love Home Alone in this house. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, the boys are finally, I mean, Ben especially, really loving it. And somehow, because everything listens to me from my phone, um, my Pinterest boards are just like full of home alone party ideas. Oh, okay. And I'm like, why have I never thought of this before? <laughs> we should do home alone parties every year. So there's not quite enough time this year because I want to throw a hell of a party and also have some Christmas gifts that I actually buy. But next year, it's going to be a bomb ass home alone party at this house. Nice. I just want to put it out there. I'm calling um, it now. Do you think he would connect the dots if you guys drove out to Winnetka and saw the house? I do think so. Yeah? I do. He's pretty observant. Um, like, if you take a slightly different way home, he'll freak out. Like, if you if you took one different street, he oh, would know. Interesting. I mean, he's, yeah, he's actually, he's far more observant than Kevin. <laughs> Not give that it, that's hard. Give it, give it 10 years. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it'll fade, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But. Um, no, I think he would. Um, the kids are loving Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. We are very lucky that the neighborhoods of Meadows and Palatine have like done well. So on the way, not just like the official city stuff, but like na- neighborhoods yeah. are great this year. Warm weather maybe leading up to it. Sure. Um, so I'm like kind of looking at Christmas with a, a slightly renewed sense of joy, um, which is fun because I don't know, maybe I was getting a little jaded. I don't know. I like Christmas. I don't yeah. have a problem with Christmas. But it's like really fun to be like, oh, well, we're just going to make hot cocoa and it's going to be the highlight of the week. <laughs> or we're going to go drive around our neighborhood and it's going to be like the best thing ever. Right. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. And for you, um, you're looking forward to... 
So actually, this Sunday is, uh, I think we talked about it in the deleted episode. I was going to um, say, you can tell everybody because they've not heard it. <laughs> right. We're, we're going to have to, like, the deleted scene, but it doesn't exist. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so uh, our Stiff Family um, holiday tradition over the last, I don't know, three, four years, um, the Music Box Theater in, it's not Wrigleyville, but it's close to Wrigley Field, so I'll call it Wrigleyville. Um, they put on uh, holiday shows. They usually show White Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life. And um, you go down and people get super decked out in like flashing lights. And there's a holiday sing-along right before Santa comes out. It's a whole big thing. Um, and then we'll go to like dinner or something after the show. So that's this coming Sunday. Uh, we'd seen White Christmas two or three times that we've done this. But mm -hmm. uh, this year we're seeing It's a Wonderful Life, which I have never seen before. So it'll be my first time. Um, You'll have to report back. I will. Yeah, it should be a good time. Um, and yeah. then... Um, you know, Christmas is, I'm not even sure what we're doing for Christmas this year. Usually it's a pretty sizable stiff family gathering, but as the, the family has started to spread out, um, uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do. So we'll see. It was, it was a small Thanksgiving gathering. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. Okay. You're not as into it as I am. That's okay. I'm into it. It's just like my focus is on basketball cause I'm working every night um mm -hmm. and like tonight i was where i was streamwood tomorrow i'm in wheeling the night after i'm actually close to home at conant um and then uh, like I'm, I'm just all over the place right so it's it's hard for me to like get into it get into it but um you know i'll, I'll throw on the santa claus that's my favorite christmas movie tim allen what a great oh, movie! so good yeah Have we talked about the second and third ones um i don't think i've ever seen them the second and third ones. Um, I've like intentionally not really seen them, but I, it's kind of like, sort of caught one of the part of the second one the other day. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> it's kind of like Sandlot two. Yeah. Right. Like no. Or home alone three. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of great things from our childhood that could be horrible. Um, Saved by the Bell is making a return. Oh, it's it's been back, isn't it? Like they oh. haven't the episodes been out for a while. I thought so. Well, I guess I just found out about this. Oh. Then. <laughs> it's old news. <laughs> I uh, recently re-downloaded Peacock because ah, I, uh -huh. I was trying to watch something on it. Harry so yeah, I apparently I'm the last person to know this. I'm just finding out now, which is <laughs> embarrassing. Thanks a lot, Brady. Yeah. Um, but I was interested to see that like a lot of them came back. It looked like. Yeah, I think they all made an appearance at least. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I think that's kind of fun. I like it when reboots kind of. I like it when they work out. Yeah. I mean, I I think like everyone here now knows my love of uh, the West Wing, mm -hmm. and there's been talk for a very long time about um, some sort of reboot, and uh, a lot of them, who actors especially are like, um. We don't want to fuck it up. And I'm like, I can appreciate <laughs> right. that. Like, they'd be on board. They're not opposed to it. But yeah, you just don't want to fuck it up. Right. And I like that. I kind of like, like that style. Like the Office reboot or Friends, right? It just wouldn't be the same. Well, Friends did their their one episode, right? Well, like it was many more of a roundtable discussion, wasn't it? I was going to say, I didn't actually see it. And that's, um, I'm not a huge Friends fan. I like it, but I'm not. Um, yeah. I didn't need to see it. Right. Um, so I don't know. I guess I 
I should have known more <laughs> about that before we brought it up. But it's okay. Um, yeah, I, I do think there's always like this concern that something's not going to be as good. Sure. Um, yeah. I have not often here on our show talked about my obsession with Harry Potter. Um, really? I feel like we've mentioned that a bunch. Have we? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you know what? It, even if we have, it's not nearly <laughs> enough to really. I think we, we talked about it a little bit with Steve. Steve Owen. Full obsession. There you go. But it's intense. We've yeah. definitely not covered. <laughs> That's true. Probably for everyone's safety. We've not covered <laughs> how crazy I am. Um, but J.K. Rowling, who has gone on to publish a couple of other things, um, lent her name to a play, which was Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which came out a couple of years after and is set quite a few years after, um, and I never read because I read like a tiny bit of it, and I was like, this seems bad um, because it wasn't actually really by her. Um, but I, I have seen little pages of what she has considered doing. It's a prequel um, about Harry's parents and his, and their friends. Okay. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. And I'm, I'm also at the same time, even though the, the little snippets that have come out there are great, they seem very much like... I would love them. I'm just glad that she hasn't done it. Yeah. Because I'm like, I think you'd, I think you'd mess it up a little bit. <laughs> Maybe um, that's just me being jaded. Potentially. Um, coming up, my buddy, my good buddy Drew, my softball teammate Drew Peterson. No, not that Drew Peterson. Um, is going to join us and and more from a fan's perspective, talk about the Bears. Uh, we talk about um, like sports experiences. Um, the baseball lockout situation, a little bit on the Cubs, a little bit on the White Sox, um, and you know how we would improve the on-field product and, to some extent, the off-field product um, for Major League Baseball because they have a serious problem on their hands with a lack of younger fan base. I think I worded that correctly. Um, before we do that, though, I know you have some history to talk about. Today, I know, I'm sure you're going to lead off with today being December 7th, right? Yeah, that's a gimme. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, a date which if you will live really want to take a gimme. <laughs> um, uh, the day that will live in infamy. Mm -hmm. uh, Pearl Harbor was bombed. Um, but I do have just like some facts that I wasn't sure if sure. everybody knew. Um, if you've watched the really long movie say, Pearl Harbor. Like you four hours long, isn't it? <laughs> you may Feels know some like of it. this. Kevin really likes it. I'm um, a total of 2,400 Americans were killed and 1,200 were wounded. Uh, 200 aircraft were destroyed. Japan's losses were some 30 planes, five, this is an actual term, midget submarines. Okay. And fewer than 100 men. Um, so the good news for the United States uh, militarily was that the three Pacific Fleet carriers were all out at sea on training maneuvers. Um, and then, of course, uh, Battle of the Midway, a couple months later, um, they would sort of get their revenge. But, the, I mean, the fact that they were not in the harbor when it was bombed. Yeah, was, could have been a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. Sounds so, like a little bit of a intelligence mishap on Japan's part, because you would think they would want to inflict the most damage possible. It's interesting, because as we've been looking through the, you know, this day in history, like for at least a month now, I would say closer to six weeks, I keep stepping on these little pieces that are like, Japan plans this part of Pearl Harbor. Ah, okay. So like, and it's well known at this point now, obviously, because it's, it's now a historical event. Yeah. But like, 
I mean, it was incredibly planned. And so I don't know if, um, I don't know. It It is important that there were battleships and destroyers and other ships that were completely um, destroyed. Yeah. And that it did really take out a lot of the Pacific fleet. So right. even though these carriers were out there, like everything else was destroyed. And obviously it was a statement uh, loss of human life was pretty large for yeah. a non-war time. I mean, well, Amer- America wasn't in World War II until Correct. until yes, Pearl Harbor. Exactly. Yeah. So I I know that there's been a lot of a lot of comparisons between this and um, September 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the the ones that have been made over and over again. Right. Um, whether or not they're completely accurate, but. Yeah. Uh, the Senate voted for war against Japan 82 to 0. Um, and the House of Representatives approved. Wait, 82? The re- oh, there were. Yeah, well, it was 19. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the House of Representatives approved the resolution by a vote of 388 to 1. Who was the, the one? The sole dissenter was rep- um, representative, sorry. Jeanette Rankin of Montana, a devout pacifist, ah. who had also cast a dissenting vote against the U.S. entrance into World War One. So, she got her thing. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, let me see here. Uh, ultimately, the war would cost more than 400,000 American lives. Obviously, it doesn't even come close to the European casualties, uh, let alone... Japanese casualties, atomic bombs, et cetera. So, yes, indeed, a day that will live in infamy. Yeah. Uh, not as infamous a day, but a pretty big one. December 8th, 1980. Music. Um, Elvis died? John Lennon. Oh, John Lennon. Okay. Yep. Uh, shot and killed by an obsessed fan in New York City. Mark David Chapman shot him four times at close range with a 38 caliber. Um, he was rushed to the hospital but died en route. Um, Chapman had received an autograph from Lennon earlier in the yeah, day. Yeah, crazy. Crazy That's story. bizarre. Yeah, and uh, there's that new Beatles uh, Yeah, I, I want to see that. Something on Disney. Yeah, Get Back is yeah. the name of it. Correct. I heard good things from from one source who actually started watching it. Nice. Everyone else was just excited. So there you go. December 9th, 1934, sports. December 9th, 1934, um, Bears win NFL championship. New York Giants beat Chicago Bears ah. in the famous sneakers game. The sneakers. Have you heard of this famous no. sneakers game? Okay. No. I'm going to maybe not so reference. famous. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this. You're going to laugh. Uh, 1934, the New York Giants win the NFL championship by being the Chicago Bears 30 to 13 with the temperature at nine degrees and the polo grounds field, a sheet of ice. The Giants open the second half wearing basketball shoes and score 27 points in the final quarter to overcome a 13 three Chicago lead. That's counterintuitive. The field was not only frozen, but it was corroded. Giants future Hall of Famer Mel Hine told NFL Films years later, our cleats would not hold. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, indeed. So apparently it's a famous sneakers game. Okay. I had never heard that tidbit before. 
Well, you heard it here first, friends. <laughs> December 10th, 1830, literature. December 10th, 1830, literature. Um, American literature. American literature. 1830. Wow. Um, Gone with the Wind published? No. And I'm just going to tell you Gone with the Wind was about the Civil War. So. Okay. You're too early. Yeah, too early. 30 years for the war. Yeah. Publication probably came after. Uh, Emily Dickinson was born. Oh, okay. Um, She, there's a weird, weird, weird series out right now um, with Haley Steinfeld. Is that her name? Steinfeld. As Emily Dickinson, she's like a bit of a, a rebel. I, I watched the first episode; it was wild, but it was fun. Um, Dickinson was sort of famously a um, a spinster and very, very quiet. Um, but then, uh, let me see. I think after she died, her poems were all found and published. Hmm. So only okay. seven of yeah, only seven of her. Poems were published during her lifetime. She wrote over 1,700. Wow. Um, yes. And so she's obviously quite well known. Not one of my favorites. There are a couple that I like of hers, but, um, yeah. But, you know, famous American poet. Sure. Born that day. Uh, December 11th, 1936. English politics. English politics. Okay. Um, yes, we've actually mentioned this briefly in an episode that might have been deleted. Or have to do with happen. Winston Churchill? No. The the other half of English politics that is not prime minister but is more figurehead related. Okay. Um, so. I guess royal King family Queen, more than right. politics. Um, Queen Elizabeth. Not born. Or what? No, because she's almost 100 Ooh. now. Right. Mm. Yeah, she's like ninety-five or ninety-six. Okay. Um, but you're you're getting close. Queen Elizabeth, crowned queen. Her, it's her it's her family. No, um, her uncle Edward the Eighth abdicated after ruling for oh, less than yeah, one okay. year. He, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned it not too long ago. He abdicated so that he could marry a divorcee. Um, and then his younger brother became the king, uh, King George the Sixth. Of course, King George's eldest daughter was is Elizabeth, who would then ascend the throne upon his death in okay. the 1940s. So um, that was a big deal. And again, he's the only one in history of. Yeah. England. Like, I, I remember, I remember so you, it was a big deal. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And I was like, I didn't realize you could say, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yes, because my, I think what I said was, I'm wondering if Charles will do it when his mother finally dies because yeah. he is in his 70s mm-hmm. and um, everyone just adores his son compared to him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, being, being divorced and remarried um, is sort of a, a faux pas and that's what he's done. And so... I'm just interesting. Guessing. He might just. Uh, December 13th, 2000, uh, American politics. December 13th, 2000. Oh, by the way, I skipped December 12th. It sucked. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> December 13th, 2000. Um, was that when George Bush finally won the presidential election? Yes. Yeah. Al Gore officially conceded ah, okay, on then. December yeah, 13th. Enough. Yep. 
Yep, you are completely correct. Um, I ex quote, I accept the finality of the outcome, which will be ratified next Monday in the Electoral College. And tonight, for the sake of our unity as a people and the strength of our democracy, I offer my concession. If that's not foreshadowing to what happened <laughs> almost a year ago now, yikes. Um, and I have to say, um, one thing I didn't mention, um, so the very last bit in here about Gore is that he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2007 um, in his post-White House career, um, because of course he was the vice president. Um, but I thought it was interesting that apparently the very first Nobel Prizes were awarded in the early 1900s, December 10th. And uh, a lot of the history from this week is all about Nobel Prizes. Hmm. So if anyone has stuff, there were a lot of them here. If you want to check out the History Channel, they've got some kind of cool stuff. Um, this was technically unrelated, but the fact that he won the Peace Prize was pretty cool. Nice. That's what I got. I got cool. nothing more. All right. Yeah, it's um, interesting, um, you know, to think about what happened in 2000 and how it relates to this last election we had and, and we're still dealing with a year ago. Um, yeah. And some people still just won't let it go. Um, yeah. But let's not open that can of worms. Um, <laughs> Drew Peterson is my buddy, my softball friend, and... Uh, uh, big time Cubs fan, so we'll talk to him. Get a, get another fan's perspective on the Bears, the Cubs, the baseball lockout, and uh, sports experiences. So let's get to that right now. Pressure from the Cardinals. Dalton across, off of Grant, and intercepted. Jalen Thompson comes up with the pick. Highlight there, courtesy of Fox Sports, one of Andy Dalton's 794 interceptions from Sunday's loss to the Arizona Cardinals. The Bears move to 4-8 and eight on the season and date with the dreaded Green Bay Packers in Lambeau on Sunday night football, yet to be, again, another national TV embarrassment. I can't believe the Bears were on, I think it's five primetime games, maybe six if you count Thanksgiving as a primetime game, guys, and um, I say guys because we have uh, my good buddy Drew Peterson with us. Not that Drew Peterson, but my softball teammate Drew Peterson. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so unfortunate for you. Yeah, it's, right? It's, it's a good thing, really Drew. Sorry you, about that. You, you, you with spell a middle the... name Scott, too, so I got Scott Peterson, too. Oh, dear oh, goodness. God. At least you spell the last name differently, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there always a go. good and a bad. And I'm good. <laughs> right, but I mean, when you introduce yourself as Drew Peterson, it's like, oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Kelsey, Drew and I go back. Um, Drew, I don't even remember like how we met other than just saying through softball. I don't know if I we would played. I say just through softball, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know if we like played together one night randomly or. Um, there was no like magic moment. Neither one of you remembers. Nope. No, I think it was uh, I just started showing up to Aurora when they were having uh, a softball tournament after my tournament was done. And then that's how we all kind of connected. And you knew um, friend of the podcast, Ryan Alakin, from beforehand, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's that was yeah. your probably your in to the Rebels. Yeah, um, pretty much. And uh, the rest is history. So, um, yeah, I've uh, been playing softball with Drew for a long time. And um, yeah, we actually got together last night, some of the guys, uh, sort of impromptu to watch Monday Night Football. 
um, out at it's Emerson. Supposed to be a great game. Yeah, but that weather. Yeah, that <laughs> weather was nasty. Kelsey, I don't know if you heard about this. Like fifty mile per hour wind gusts. Um, I heard tell of it. Yeah, I thought and it was only maybe happening yards. Oh, on my deck because <laughs> it's been very gusty on my deck. And yeah, I was like it has clearly nothing to do with yeah, that. Fifteen yard punch. Yeah. It was crazy. just ridiculous. I, I saw absolutely crazy. I saw a pregame video of a 34-yard field goal attempt that got nowhere near the goalpost because the wind yeah. just stopped Wild. it. Wild. Yeah, yeah. It was. That's crazy. It was nuts. So it didn't end up being the amazing game you guys thought, but I'm assuming you still had fun. Oh, oh of definitely. course, of course. Shocker. Um, always always <laughs> putting you guys together. <laughs> yeah, watching yeah. sports. Yeah. Yeah. When softball season ends, you know you see these guys um, several times a week, and then. Um, oftentimes over the winter, especially with my high school basketball schedule, right? I, I don't get a chance to see uh, teammates a lot. So it was, it was good to see you the guys get last lonely. night. <laughs> I'm not, Aww, I wouldn't say I'm like lonely. I wouldn't say I'm lonely. I'm with a lot of people every night. It's just, uh, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't get to see the, I don't get to see my guys. Um, <laughs> the ties that bind. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, with the bears in mind, um, and Drew, I don't know what your level of attention has been to the bears because the season is going nowhere. Um, and, yeah. uh, obviously it, off pretty high. It, it did. I mean, they, they were three and two, they beat the Raiders on the road and, and Justin Fields was named the starter. So it seemed like things were going to go in the right direction. And then, um, second straight year with, uh, wow. a losing streak of at least five games. And now we're chanting fire Nagy at every Chicago sporting event uh, that is possible. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Drew, I don't, I don't know where and you're at with uh, with the Bears and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and just kind of where your your fan mindset is. I think, uh, well, Nagy needs to go because uh, he's, I mean, 16 points a game, I think it's the average or something like that. Yeah, you're about it's, right. It's yeah. that you're not going to win nothing. And, I mean, it's been like that for two years now. So, I mean, it's not Justin Fields. Like, I think he's going to still be the best quarterback out of that draft. Uh, he just needs a better coach. I mean, look at Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones is coming out because he's got Bill Belichick. He's, he adjusts the game for his quarterback. And Matt Nagy doesn't do that. Yep. He doesn't give his quarterback a chance to do what he wants and can do. So, that's – as for pace – I think he doesn't have another opportunity to hire another coach because right? uh, Nagy was his. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, take away the hiring abilities. In. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I kind of stand. In general, though, obviously something needs to change. Yes. Whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. I think um, you know when we think about what might happen. Um, you know, we, we know the Bears have never fired a coach in season before. Um, my counter to that is there's a first time for everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think, you know, um, we, the last time we recorded a podcast was before the Lions game, I think it was, coming off the bye. And ultimately that recording never made the air because it poof disappeared on me. But um, anyways, <laughs> we were talking about, um, you know, how – ownership can send a message to the players and to the fans that they've been heard. And I think that's what needs to happen here, right? The, there's uh -huh. been reports out there that the overwhelming majority of, of Bears players want Nagy gone. 
Um, and, you know, Drew, you've played sports all, all your life, uh, all through high school, different sports. And I, I think you can relate to um, when, you, when you don't respect a coach or you don't like a coach, you're not gonna, uh, your, your effort level is just not going to be there. Definitely, definitely, especially when you're more on the professional level. I don't think you're going to be like, oh, I'm still getting my money. So, right. I, you know, I'm not going to go in for that tackle because I'm not going to try to get myself hurt so I can miss out more money. So, I mean, Eddie Jackson was kind of accused of that earlier in the, the season of he just never got himself into plays. But now he's, you know, obviously he got hurt with his hamstring. But otherwise, uh, you know, I, I completely agree. You know, like if you got a coach that you don't like, you're not going to fully go out. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, think about it. Just this three years ago, this team is 12 and four and they're a shitty kicker away from, you know, potentially <laughs> having a shot. The double at, yeah. The double doink, <laughs> potentially having a shot at, um, you know, the NFC. I mean, they were, they were really good that year. That defense was awesome. And it's been like, a, how many years ago was that Brady? Three was years. That? that was three Only years three? ago. Yeah. <laughs> right? It was like a really long time ago. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> You've seen a lot I didn't of realize losing. it was only three years ago, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, Matt Nagy can defend himself and say, look, um, I've got a winning record as the Bears head coach. Or actually, I, I'm not sure that he does anymore. Uh, 500 uh, I mean, last year, eight games above. Well, he, he might have a winning record, although it's probably close since they're like one uh, or two games, maybe. Yeah, they're four. They're four barely. games under right now. So, um, but he's made you know factually he's made the playoffs twice, uh, but no playoff wins, right? Mm. And last year they really didn't have a shot against the Saints. So, um, looking ahead to Sunday, um, Drew, are you even oh, going to watch this? Do they game? play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. They're, for some reason NBC did not flex the Bears out of Sunday Night Football. I can't. Um, even I though, can't even. I, yeah, I mean, that's it's just going to be um, embarrassing gonna be to watch as a Bears fan. Yep. Yeah, a, na- a national embarrassment. A national embarrassment. And for what is it, the fifth time this season, um, the the national level announcers are going to be like, "Why the fuck are we oh. on this game?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're just going to tear apart every yeah. every little bit of it. Right, and that's just. I mean, I, I think it's in Lambo too, right? Yeah, it's at Lambo. Uh, yeah. Sunday night football. Packers. I'm gonna have to listen to my brother-in-law. <laughs> Packers actually have, have a chance to, to win the division on Sunday night. I think. If, oh, really? Yeah, I think if the Vikings lose on Sunday, which how bad do you feel right now if you're the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> losing to the Lions to give the Lions their first win of the season? Um, on a walk-off touchdown. On a walk-off touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so yeah, if the Vikings lose and then we're all assuming that the bears are going to beat the Packers, I haven't even seen the line. You're, you're much more of a sports gambler than I am, Drew. What's, uh, did you see the line by chance? Uh, I have not yet, but I heard it's something about 13. That's, that was going to be my guess. Actually, so, it was like 13 points, 13, 13 and a half. I, um, yeah, I took the points for the bears last week and that was stupid. I don't know why I did that, <laughs> but I, f- I was banking on Kyler Murray not being in. But yeah. He was. He was. Although, <laughs> he, he came up a little <laughs> gimpy after one of those runs, so obviously he's not 100%, but I still beat the Bears by 11 points. I was actually impressed is probably the wrong word, but shocked to see that they put up 22 points 
I mean, yeah. I did not expect yeah. that, especially, especially with four Dalton interceptions. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, considering the, the score didn't really reflect, I think, what happened in the game. Yeah. Or didn't mm-hmm. didn't feel like it did. And we didn't watch all of it. I mean, Kevin came home from working out in the morning, which he's been trying to do every Sunday. And he came home, and I was like, okay, you know, I've got beers ready. I know how he feels about, like, let's settle in for a Sunday football. I think he watched, like, not a whole lot of it before he turned on a video game. And then I ended up <laughs> professionally interested in it to make sure I didn't sound like a complete moron today. Um, and so I think well, I was exactly maybe, what I did. <laughs> yeah, right, maybe more interested in it than he was. And, like, that just should tell you something. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just I put it on the Xbox, and yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm done watching this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was... It's hard. It's hard to watch. It it makes me wonder, um, Drew, are you a Cubs fan? Yes, I am. Okay. Die hard. So, okay. So, and this is, I'm hoping going to come off the way it's intended. <laughs> how, how do you stay a diehard fan of a franchise that just bleeds for years and years and years? <laughs> and, uh, and is it any different in baseball versus football? Because... I, you know, it's only three years ago that the Bears were not awful. Brady just established that. Felt longer to me. But, like, <laughs> how do you hang in there? How do you do it? Is it different depending on the sport, depending on who it is? You know, what, how do you do it? Well, for me, I'm, you know, more I'm, – I'm a diehard baseball fan in general. So, Got it. you know, I'm always uh, been Cubs. My dad Starts raised me sport. a Cubs fan. Yeah. And so it's just constantly been Cubs and Cubs, you know, you know not, never the Sox. We don't talk to socks in our household. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. I don't wish bad. I hope they do well. You know, Chicago <laughs> team. I mean, I'm That's not one sweet. of them Cubs fans that you know hope they always lose or whatever. Sure. But unless they're playing the Cubs. But I mean, it's just seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just I kind of just push through those harsh years and hope for a good year like 2016. <laughs> yep. Yep. I I, I think um, you know we're in our mid 30s and I think nowadays. The younger, I'm going to sound so old, but the, the younger generation. Yes, you are. <laughs> they're you already do. Especially, yeah, right. especially with football, though, they're more uh, fans of players because of fantasy football. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. why you'll yeah. see, you know, kids who are like 8, 9, 10 years old with a Pat Mahomes jersey, right, mm-hmm. walking around downtown Chicago or a Lamar Jackson jersey, right? To because, be fair, though, I exactly. mean, how many kids when we were growing up were Cowboys fans? A lot, uh, you know. So because, it's not necessarily. And here's why: because the Cowboys won. That. The Cowboys won. Yeah, there's three always going to be Bowls. that. You're good. It right. just was with teams, and now it's with players. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, take take a look at what the Hawks did in from like 2009 through 2000. Let's call it. I guess. Well, 15 was the last cup. So um, they raised a brand new generation of hockey fans because they were so good. Right. It yeah. just happened well, to be they, the Blackhawks. And they also got on TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. For a long time, they weren't on TV. I mean, that's. Huge. I mean, you could call me a bandwagoner fan, but I just started watching hockey when they started uh, putting the Blackhawks game back on TV. Yep. But they were good, and I I started watching it, and I was like, oh, this is really entertaining. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. still not. I you know, it's hard to beat. Obviously, a game seven of the World Series, but it's hard to beat a game seven of any playoff yep. uh, in hockey. It's hard to beat it. Like the intensity and momentum and all that that it's real hard to to beat that kind of game yeah yeah absolutely um and 
it's one of those sports to have you been to a hockey game drew yes i've been yeah. to i think now three okay all, all hawks games or you go to like a wolves game hawks hawks yeah it's yeah. um hockey's definitely a sport that is um best consumed live um yes. just because the this the sounds of the sport don't come through on tv um like uh like like you get in the arena so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i totally get that and um yeah, it's uh, if you want to call yourself a, and admit to being a, a bandwagoner, I'd say that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, no, nobody's we, gonna make I mean, fun of you. I mean, we would be if yeah. we were even really fans well, I mean, at this point. I mean, I'm really, I'm not really saying I'm a bandwagoner. It's just more and less that that's when they started putting it on TV. So that's right when I became a fan. Well, yeah. and the, I mean, the Blackhawks history. The uh, the owner before Blackhawks radio didn't do it for you. <laughs> hockey's no. hard to listen to on the radio yeah it's really hard you have to know like the rosters basically by heart because especially with all these like russian and swedish names it's just like they're all the same yeah, yeah. i mean hockey is if you if you know the rosters and can follow what's happening it's a great radio sport um okay. mm-hmm. but you have to know rosters can't and, be a casual fan right of- and and Radio, you have to you have, you have to be able to um, picture in your mind where the puck is based on descriptors that the announcer. I can't will even give. do it when I'm watching it on TV, <laughs> honestly. And I laugh because um, this is a, just a quick little aside. We used to have um, at the racetrack the valet guys used to have a little booth, and they had a TV that was like probably you know oh yeah six to ten inches right. It was. It was little. It was probably only six inches, this little beater, old white TV. And um, they used to watch hockey on it. Yeah. And I'm like, what? You can't see shit on that. What are you trying to do? I can't see it on a big screen yeah. in HD. And you're trying to tell me that you can watch that grainy ass stuff? No, absolutely not. I, and I, I mean, that's when they highlighted the puck. <laughs> Honestly, puck, I'm just, yeah. I am actually impressed that people used to watch it because I'm just like, I can't watch it when it's clear as day. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough in, in standard depth. I can relate to that story, Kels, because um, the night that they won their first cup back in 2010, okay. um, I was working at WGN and okay. we had Cubs and Hawks on the same night. And ah, normally, yeah, okay. the, the overlap. Cu- right. So normally the Cubs would take priority, but the Cubs were. Um, gracious enough to say, no, that's Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, you guys take the main signal. We'll go over here. God, I sure hope so. <laughs> no offense, so, but So I was, I was producing the Cubs game, and the studio I was working out, I've had a very similar, like, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's no, no bigger than my iPhone, this screen. And in overtime, Patrick Kane scores that goal. And if you can remember that highlight, he scores and then sprints down the ice to the goalie because they always go celebrate with the goalie when they win, right? Uh, Mm-hmm. And I watch this happen, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? It's like he's got bees in his in his uniform. I'm like, he scored. He scored. They won. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I was I was listening to that on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. There was no miracle call, so Brady didn't no. know what happened. Because well, it, I wasn't listening to the broadcast, but the the radio guys didn't know. That I mean no nobody knew. Wow. Nobody yeah. well Yeah, it was it was very like there was there was some confusion for a right. while. Yeah, because I mean if you watch the highlight, you can clearly see the puck go into the net, but it's uh it's a hard angle to see because it was a weird angle shot. Anyways. And it um, kind of disappeared behind the Yeah. Yeah, the well net. and if you if you look closely now at a hockey goal, they um uh, because of that play, the the way they make the nets now, they have a little see through panel 
on the very oh. uh, corner of the goal where the the material meets the post, so that you can see. Really? That. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Because oh, of that play. Thank you, Brady. Yeah. yeah, that's good to know. Random ass trivia, you know. Yeah, you're good <laughs> at that. You are good at that. <laughs> um, speaking of the Blackhawks, I know they're playing right now. They've actually been playing pretty well under the uh, the new interim head coach uh, Derek King. So. Um, one of these days we'll have to get a little bit more uh, full report on the Blackhawks and, and how they've sort of resurgenced, if that's a word. Um, they're still nowhere near a playoff spot, but playing a lot better um, now that uh, Jeremy Colleton is no longer with the organization. So um, baseball hit their lockout. Um, was it Thursday of last week, Drew? Um, uh, yeah, Wednesday so. or Thursday? No, Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday was the expiration date. So yeah, yeah. So Thursday, Thursday 1201. 1201 mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And so right now, um, let's get into uh, what's going on in Major League Baseball. Uh, I don't want to like get too far into it, Drew. I know you have an interesting angle um, that we can talk about here. Um, I, I also want to talk about how, from a fan's perspective, the game can be improved. Um, but before the lockout happened, actually both sides of town um, the Cubs and White Sox making some moves. Uh, Cubs arguably with the, the bigger acquisition, um, starting rotation piece, Marcus Stroman. Drew, what, what was your mm-hmm. first impression of uh, Marcus Stroman coming to town? I liked it. I like that signing. He's, uh, I mean, looking at the stats and all that, he gives up a lot of hard contact, but it's all ground balls. Mm-hmm. I guess ground ball rate is like one of the lowest in the, uh, in the league. So with that being said, you know, Cubs go get Correa. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you need a, you need a guy to gobble up all those grounders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh, one of the biggest thing is Wade Miley. Yeah, yeah. You know, they kind of fell into the Cubs' laps. I mean, he's not the greatest, but another great innings eater. And, uh, you know, he'll give you your wins. And I mean, then you got a Hendricks, Miley, and uh, Strowman. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's the main thing that the Cubs were missing last year. If we were to evaluate them – from a contention standpoint, obviously the preseason trade of, of you Darvish kind of signaled what they were going to do or, or not do uh, yeah. throughout the season. The, uh, <laughs> the starting rotation depth was um, sorely lacking. So good to see that Definitely. they made those moves. And, yeah, hopefully um, Carlos Correa can come into the picture because that would be – I mean, so you're going to have Nico Horner, uh, Nick Madrigal, and potentially Carlos Correa. So a little bit of a logjam up the middle of the infield there. Uh, well, you could put Nico as uh, like a Chris Bryant kind of guy, where one day he could play center field, next day left field. Mm-hmm. Uh, the matchups work, you know, with uh, Magical and Horner in the lineup, then yep. you got options to um, to do. Yep. And Drew the doesn't part seem about... worried, Brady. You, you've, not, <laughs> you've not ruffled his feathers. He's like, yeah, I could. Do, that's fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I could do Dave Ross's job. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But, but the best part about Correa is I think he's going to be a guy that kind of like ages well too. Like he's, mm-hmm. you can move him to third base. You can, you know, eventually the NL is going to get the DH. It's yep. inevitable. Yep. Not a big fan of it. It may happen like, this year. Uh, yeah, good. Not a huge fan of it, but I mean, you're a purist. Schwarber then. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Javier Baez signing with the Detroit Tigers. So Kelsey, the White Sox will get to see, uh, Javier Baez, uh, like 18 times a year, so that'll be fun. 
Oh, and our very favorite team. <laughs> I see. Detroit can have fun with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew's not the biggest Javi Baez fan. I am. Well, not. Detroit ruins everything anyway. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, Drew, don't right. you think he's gonna like swing? Like he's gonna drill himself into the ground, trying to hit the ball mm-hmm. hard enough to hit it out of those power alley gaps. Yep. At, at Comerica. I mean, that, that park is just What massive. is a power alley gap? I've not heard so, this term before. Um, right, you have uh, left, center, and right fields, right? The sure. power alleys would be left, center, and right, center. And so if you're a righty batter, your power alley is uh, left, center. Are they particularly bad at Comerica? Are they just yeah. longer than most? Yeah, because yeah, the, the way Got the it. fence, the home run fence is configured, I think dead center is like 420. And then it's they, just, they did bring it in a little. Did not, they? Not, okay. I don't think center field, but I think left field they brought it in. A little okay, bit. but the way the but fence that, that was is moons ago. I say we we may have mentioned this before, but I think it's fucking bonkers <laughs> that there is not a like standard field size. That's why I love like, baseball. Well, one of the reasons I love baseball. It's so cool. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> but then you, then you wouldn't get the green monster. You wouldn't get um. I guess like the Crawford boxes in Houston, right? Like. What if they said, like, we want the Bulls to – well, you don't care about baseball. We want the Bears to have a 100-yard field, and we want the – I don't know, any other team to have 120. I mean, like, <laughs> is that not – like, they like do that. They, the they actually do that in, uh, I think, European soccer. They can do that. They can mess with the size of their field based oh, on the characteristics of your team. are also crazy, and that's Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, baseball always has uh, the same dimensions as in uh, base pass, and mm-hmm. which is ninety feet. And then you get the and that's also weird. You're like semi-regulated. <laughs> like I'm gonna regulate this part of the game, but I, I don't care about anything else. Like I'm gonna do totally whatever I want and have like left field be here and right field be fifty feet longer because that's cool. <laughs> but like I'm just gonna, but but not everything else. But these parts inside this. Right. Diamond have to be exactly the same, but you can do whatever the hell you want in the grass. <laughs> what? what is wrong with you people? I saw this. So I, um, that, I think that makes it cool. You know, yeah. and, and oh, interesting. Just, this is why know. it gets this way because people are like, "That's cool." <laughs> I saw this uh, this cool YouTube video uh, that randomly popped up on my Facebook feed of like uh, this guy highlighting really weird high school baseball field configurations. <laughs> I, f- I forget where some of these fields were, but I mean, just. Buildings sticking out into the middle of left center field. I think I saw that too. Yeah, I, saw that one too. I mean, just just weird stuff. As as freshmen, um, Drew at Wheeling, that uh, that freshman field backs up to the varsity field. Yeah. And I think was it left field um, has a super short porch for the uh, on the on the freshman field. Yeah, I think it's like 180. Oh God. <laughs> or something like that. It's very short. Even I could hit it out there. I I didn't. I didn't even hit a home run. Are you telling me that the fields, like their outfields are kind of like sharing? Yeah. Uh so the varsity fence is the fence for the freshman field. Oh dear God. But only in left field, right? Because only in left field. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That's right. And then right. center field jolts out to like 700 feet (laughs) (laughs) and then uh right field line is like 300 and something (laughs) yeah they they had not yet discovered the back-to-back fields Um, have not (laughs) yeah so um kelsey have you ever heard of uh the polo grounds it's a really Um, old-timey stadium sounds fancy but no so it was the i think the the new york giants before they moved out to san francisco played at the polo grounds Uh. Okay. Um, and it's famous for 
um, it's center field. Like, have you ever seen that that picture of Willie Mays making that over the shoulder catch? I'm sure you've Maybe. seen it. Um, that's at the Polo Grounds. Dead center at the Polo Grounds. Four eighty three to dead mm. center. What? Yep. Good only luck. only two seventy nine down the left field line and two fifty eight down the right field line. Oh. <laughs> oh, now I'm looking it up. Now I'm Googling. You guys can keep talking. Yeah. Um, oh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's a football field. Yeah, well, probably meant for polo, hence the name Polo Grounds. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you, Brady. You're welcome. You're welcome. Just had to point it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So all three of us are, are baseball fans to varying degrees. Um, you know, we... we uh, consume mostly Cubs and White Sox. You know, Drew, I know you're more apt to um, take in a random game. And, um, you know, I, sometimes I will, depending on, um, you know, what's on and, and, and who's playing and whatnot. Uh, we know it's a very regional sport, right? We don't really care about the Seattle Mariners, right? And they don't care about the Chicago Cubs. Um, mm. So when you're watching a game, what's missing? What's missing? Uh, I do have to say there's too much time in between pitches. Okay. Um, but, I mean, coming from a baseball player, which you can attest to, um, you know, you got it is a thinking game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of thinking game I- involved. You know, the batter's thinking of what pitch is coming next. The pitcher has to think of what pitch to throw, what location. Uh, have to mix up the signs so the guy in second base doesn't steal your signs. And it's just when it comes down to the end of the game, it's just more intense and more magnified. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, what is it, uh, Baez from uh, the Dodgers? I think he's still on the Dodgers. I don't know. But uh, the pitcher, uh, the human rain delay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> human <laughs> rain delay. He Shut literally up. took a minute and 50 seconds between every pitch. Yeah. And that's just uncalled for. That And I mean, you're going to lose interest, especially nowadays with phones. You, know, you for kids. sure lost fans on that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for and it's sure. like you got, you got kids on, you know, their phones and all that. So it's like you got a minute, 50 seconds in between every pitch and every action. So you throw a ball. Now there's no action. Now you got to wait another minute, 50 seconds. So what's <laughs> the kids going to do? They're going to pick up their phone and they're going to look at their phones and, and uh, lose interest in the, the game. Right. Right. But I think that's the only really change that should happen. But I'm the old school baseball guy that just, yeah. you know, I want everything to stay the same. But so are you are you okay then with um, the regular season extra inning rule, putting a guy at second base? Uh when the Cubs are playing on the West Coast, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go to bed earlier. <laughs> but, otherwise, <dependent>. yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, then uh, uh, I mean, it's not for the playoffs, which I'm glad they didn't do in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. But I guess you could say in the it's to save arms of the pitchers too. Yeah, yeah. I, who wants I to think see that's a position it, player yeah. come in the pitch? Right. It is cool. Like you know, you got Rizzo striking out Freeman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was awesome to watch. But I mean, at the same time, it was also fifteen to four. So it's like you got to have something to watch. Which right. That was that was it. <laughs> yep. But yeah. but yeah, the uh, the extra inning rule isn't too concerning to me. But I think they could tweak the it a little bit. of seven innings. Player, the players love it. Do they? Yeah, I, I'm not a huge it. fan. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I want, especially like if I was lucky enough to uh, have tickets to one of those, like if it's a straight doubleheader, I know that oftentimes mm. they'll split 
um, like split admission so they can get both gates because that's a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's. Uh, but sometimes they'll just do a straight double header. Um, so in some cases, you might pay for nine innings of baseball and end up getting fourteen, so you get two games out of it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I I I feel like nine inning games are at the major. I know they do it at the minor league level, right? They play seven mm-hmm. inning double headers. I feel like it, at the major league level, it's it should be nine inning double headers. I'm with you there. I agree. Um, I think they could tweak the extra inning rule a little bit. I, I like the the premise behind it, right, to speed up the game, right? I mean, no, the team the, the teams that play that 20-inning ball game, I mean, for the rest of the series, the rest of the week, their bullpen is shot, right? That is true. You've that used true. every pitcher. I think what they could do is in the 10th inning, start the guy on first instead of second base. Mm. Then in the 11th inning, you can move him to second base. And if the game goes yeah. to 12th inning, put them on third. We need to score some fucking runs. <laughs> it feels a lot like the rules that we saw as kids, right? Like if you were playing in a league where the kids were pitching for the first time, if yeah. it went to like four, whatever it was, then the coach would come in and pitch, right? Because right? right. you, wanted, you wanted something. Mm-hmm feels like that i think yeah. that's maybe the reason that we're all kind of like because it feels <laughs> childish right it feels juvenile i mean it does like it, it almost feels like it's infantilizing the sport to a degree and i think that that makes us all kind of cringe in some ways mm-hmm. um like these are professionals also, we should be able to watch them do their job and yeah. if and if we don't want to watch them then we should stop right. like this is my kid out there right who i like have to be watching like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel this is like maybe a very deep seated thing. Um, and, uh, you know, Drew, my, we're Sox fans in my house. My mom was a huge Sox fan. Um, and then the strike happened. <laughs> and she was 94. like, exactly. And she was like, you're all acting like children. Grow the fuck up. <laughs> and she like kind of stopped watching, right? Like, she was very excited, of course, when um, they had couple great seasons and obviously with the world series she was thrilled um and she'll watch she does a lot of opening Mm -hmm. day stuff but like she kind of lost a lot of respect for him and i think Mm -hmm. in the same way that's kind of happening now this might bring it back to the lockout like Mm -hmm. do you trust your fans or do you not trust your fans you trust your players you not trust your like grow the fuck up Mm -hmm. like i mean you get paid so much already yeah, right and maybe it's not fair because i also last week in a recording that got deleted which is maybe <laughs> best, um said something about how like i these are these people's jobs and livelihoods and so of course there's there's a lot to be said there but yeah i mean so part of me is like okay this is your profession do it for all nine innings that you're supposed to do it if you're a fan and you think it then stop watching. Like, you're, mm-hmm. we're all grown-ups here. Right. You all have the idea or the ability to go or not go and to, to do or not do. Like, And I think it all kind of comes back, and maybe I'm just a little harsh, but mm-hmm. for me, that's kind of where it goes. Is there, Kelsey, anything on the field that might pique a little bit more interest? Like, okay, you, you've got two toddlers at home, right? Um, Indeed. You know, Kevin's a big White Sox fan. Um, sports are a big part of the family. Um, I don't know if you've had any, uh, not discussion, but, uh, like has been picked up a ball and bat and been like, what's this? No, poor Kevin. Um, <laughs> no, Ben's not all that interested in sports. I'm, I mean, he will be, Yeah, he's Kevin's kid. It's going to sure. happen. But for <laughs> now, like Kevin is just 
devastated. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, every kid loves a ball, yeah. period, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they get to about a year old, and they're like, woohoo! <laughs> um, but, like, watching children play sports is a mess. Um, and it doesn't become less of a mess until they're much older. But, like, as far as um, their kind of interest in watching, um, nothing keeps a kid's attention. Um, so, like, we talked a little bit about the, um, when we had a previous guest on, we talked about the county games and mm-hmm. some stuff that can be done there. And I think that's great for people with children. For me, it, it's weird. You know, you talk about, like, what's missing. I actually loved COVID baseball games. I've talked about this before. When there were no fans, mm-hmm. watching on TV was so much more enjoyable for me because it, I think it did go faster. Um, and I think the announcers weren't filling and I think the camera guys weren't filling. And I think like there was just a more, it felt like a more true version of the game. Yeah. And that is the opposite of what most people think because <laughs> most people are mm. very much about the fan experience, the player experience and all kind of going together I just loved being able to watch a game and watch it for the baseball instead of for everything else. Um, But I also wouldn't bring my kids to a game. And, you know, some days I wouldn't bring friends of mine to a game because I don't think (laughs) they would pay attention. Right. It is what it is. (laughs) Right. Certain people are made for baseball and certain people aren't. Yeah. Well, and the the average age of a baseball fan is, uh, I forget exactly what it is, but it's north of 55. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like the same age as golf fans, I think. It's like a pretty similar demographic. Yeah. But I'm, but uh, leading into that, that's uh, kind of the reason why the lockout's going down right now. It's yeah. because, you know, people like Brady and I, you know, big baseball guys and this and that are the reason, are, are the ones that know the lockout's going on. Yeah. Average fans probably don't even pay attention. They probably don't yeah. even know the lockout's going on. But it's just. I, I doubt it. I mean, and, Brady was talking about it. And I was like, oh, I better not sound like a fool. <laughs> But it's like now you you start losing spring training games, you start losing regular season games. That's when you start seeing the average fan, yeah, you know, realizing and being like, well, then screw them. Like I'm not going to go back and watch them. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for how desperately people cling to baseball in the spring, mm -hmm. like especially in weather like ours, right up here. Like, yeah, it's associated with warm weather for us. Yeah, you know, like. Spring training starts, and you're like, oh, warm weather's right around the corner. And, you know, going to Cubs games, going to baseball games, or, you know, Sox games, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, that's kind of what it signifies is, hey, we made it out of the winter. Yep, <laughs> yep, exactly. Especially in Arizona and Florida. And um, I've actually never been down to spring training. Um, COVID canceled a trip that we were yeah. going to take to spring training, so I'm still bitter about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully. One of the many things we can be bitter about. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, a lot of things are being experimented with um, in the minor leagues. You know, maybe we'll see it in spring training, assuming we have one. Um, you know, automatic umpires at home plates um, because Ugh. I mean that's no. just a yeah. That I I am with you, Drew. I, I that's a machine, I, right? Yes, you're talking well, automatic. There's, I'm, well, there's it's still not a machine, but there's still a human back there because what what it does, um, however they project the strike zone to the system or whatever. Um, I'm not exactly sure the technology, but the pitch comes in, it either crosses the strike zone or it doesn't. If it does, the umpire at home plate gets buzzed or gets a thing in his ear or whatever, and then he can actually call the strike. And, and seeing some of these videos of these pitches that are just, I mean, based on 
based on where we've been watching baseball from on TV, we know what's a strike and what's not. And some of these pitches are nowhere close to the strike zone that we're familiar with. And the umpires are calling calling them strikes because um, the automatic umpiring system told them to. So it's not perfect. um, And we'll see if it ever does make it to Major League Baseball. Um, I think the biggest thing, Drew, is like you mentioned earlier, there's no action in baseball, right? It's by nature a boring sport. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, unless you know it and understand right, it, sure. Um, but in general, with how good pitchers are these days, especially late game guys who come in throwing ninety nine, a hundred consistently, they talk about the the three true outcomes all the time: walk, strikeout, home run. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't get many doubles in the gap anymore. You certainly don't get a ton of triples anymore. Baseball needs to create action. I think one way they could do that is moving the mound back and giving uh, giving the hitters that much more time to hit. I mean, yeah, hitting, I can, hitting I a baseball, it's the hardest thing to do in sports. It's got to be, mm-hmm. especially at the major league level. Actually, I mean, stopping a penalty kick. Yeah, that's pretty hard. It's <laughs> harder than hitting a baseball. Bigger, that's the only bigger thing area to cover, yeah. Sports. <laughs> I've, never, I've never thought about that. That's interesting. Um, like if you look at averages. Like career averages. Oh, like yeah. It's, kick stopped and yeah, it's probably like, what, <laughs> one out of seven that they stop, if that? Pro- yeah, something like that. I mean, <laughs> get this giant <laughs> goal and little old you to stop. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But, I mean, I mean, hitting a baseball with the movement. You follow uh, this guy Pitching Ninja at all? Have you seen his stuff? I, no, I know. What, so, on Instagram or? Uh, Twitter. Well, he's probably on Instagram, but I've, I've found him on Twitter. Um, yeah, try to find Pitching Ninja on Instagram. I'm sure he's there. Uh, but he posts, um, like, short clips of pitchers and their stuff overlaid. So, like, two or three different pitches overlaid onto one another. And mm-hmm. between arm slot, starting point, and movement, I mean, Major League hitting is a guessing game. I mean, you're just, you're just hoping that... Um, you know, you make contact with the ball, at least that from my perspective, that's what it looks like. And, um, how these guys end up getting barrels to, to like ridiculous sliders or, um, you know, pulling the bat in on a two seam fastball that, you know, gets in on them, still getting a barrel on it. I mean, and the science behind it is, is just wild, right? The the, the total time you have to react. The breakdown of like, you know, the pitch coming in, it's like. You got this amount of time for your eyesight to actually register in your yeah. brain. You got this amount of time to register if it's a ball or strike, and you got this amount of time to swing. Yeah. Like just looking at that breakdown, it's just absolutely crazy that these guys can actually hit these ninety-nine to hundred mile an hour moving fastballs. Yeah. And it's it's just ridiculous. Like <laughs> but I mean, I think that's the reason why you and I appreciate the game so much. Right. Because we realize how hard it is and like I said, it was a thinking game. Like, you got to think of, okay, is this guy going to throw me a 100-mile-an-hour fastball or a 92-mile-an-hour slider or right. a 86-mile-an-hour breaking ball? Right. Yeah. And How do you guys you feel about the fact that other sports look so much harder because other sports look like you're doing more, right? Or they have that idea, like, well, in basketball, you're just never stopping, right? But right. But in baseball – you're you're just kind of sitting there for half the time mm-hmm. and doing, like the perceptions I think are very you know to your point it's really hard to do but it doesn't really look that hard to do 
Um, you think that that's fair or that that's uh, an opinion held by maybe fewer people than I'm. Well, going back to it, like, you know, with like me and Brady being huge baseball guys, uh, I remember our coach always saying, if you're standing around, you're not doing your job. There's always something to be doing. You know, like if you're playing second base, you got to ground ball to shortstop. You got to run the first to back up the throw. Catcher needs to run up the first baseline to back up the throw. Right fielder should be coming down to back up the throw. Center fielder should be coming in to cover, you know, back up second, just in case if the ball does go past and there's a throw to second base. You know, there's things like that that, you know, and that's why I like watching live, you know, because you get to see all that happening. Yep. And how they set up the cutoffs and relays. Yes, the cutoffs, you know, left, 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 right, 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 cut, don't cut, you know. Yeah. It, that's just the, the nuance. I mean, there, there is always something to do. It's just, you know, the average fan wouldn't know that. Right. I'm curious. This is sort of jumping off of that live sports versus televised sports. You know, you kind of indicated watching live, you, especially as somebody who knows what they're looking for, you know, you can, your eyes can go different places. Mm-hmm. I personally feel like I wouldn't know what to look at without a camera telling me what to look at. So I True. prefer in some ways somebody who's a an expert hand, right? <laughs> like looking at things, frustrating if there's an angle that didn't get captured or something like that. But beyond it, for me, it's kind of like, okay, that's fine. I'll let these guys show me what to look at. And it becomes a little bit more of an experience for me there. Is there anything where you feel that that's the case or would you just prefer like all live sports over watching a televised? No, I, like I completely understand that, especially like with baseball. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, um, but yeah. Um, with football, I'm totally TV. Yep, I'm right. I'm right there. Me, the line, the right? You need the line. Yeah, I need the line. <laughs> the first time that is just more or less for me. It's like, you know, I think it's more of a TV sport. Yeah. Okay. And being live. Yep. Like I mean, first off, I hate cold weather. So <laughs> Soldier Field being open. Hopefully, they come to Arlington Heights, and they get a dome. I'll go to more games, and maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> but but otherwise I think it's just a TV game, you know, we're you know, watching on TV and going to going to football games is frustrating because um you have a kickoff commercial. You have a touchdown mm-hmm. commercial. True. You have the kickoff after the touchdown commercial. And it's just like <laughs> okay. But when you're at home watching a football game, you know when the commercials are happening and you can get up and go to the bathroom or Mm-hmm. Go get a beer or whatever, right? It like you said, commercials if it's Super Bowl, right? Or flip, yeah, or flip to another game, right? Exactly. So yeah, I think Drew's right. I think football is much more um, TV. I mean, don't get me wrong; you can you can have a great atmosphere at a football game, but generally speaking, it's um, you know you got to wait till the end of the game. Uh, for me, uh, basketball, like college basketball, is great live because it's atmospheric, right? Hockey, it's atmospheric. Um, baseball, um, you know, being there live, be like baseball, um, smells is something that's highly associated with baseball, right? Um, you know, you go to, you go to Sox Park and immediately get hit with that smell of grilled onions and it's just, oh, heavenly. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, hot, hot dogs, hot dogs right? Peanuts, mm. yeah, absolutely. Um, so well, now I'm hungry. Yeah, so <laughs> I think football for me is the only one that I'd rather watch on TV, if that makes okay. sense. Also, with like ho- with hockey and um, basketball, you know when the timeouts are, are going to happen, and you can sort of plan accordingly. Like mm-hmm. if you if you if you're there and you have to go to the bathroom, and you know, like if college basketball, you you got TV timeouts at under 16, under 12, under eight, and under four. So you know, hey, I'm going to get a TV timeout here. Let me go to the bathroom now, and I'll be back mm-hmm. by resumption of play. I think I enjoy live basketball. Yeah, I think I do. It's yeah. it's it's the sights and the sounds, right? If if you're yeah. at a high school game or a college game, the band is there, the student section is going crazy, and you're mm-hmm. in with other people. Yeah, like yeah. it's very it very much feels like a little like a weirdly intimate thing, mm-hmm. which I kind of enjoy. Um, whereas I think some others, you know, you're so much farther away in some other places. Also, with football, and, if you're sitting in the end zone, mm-hmm. and the play is a hundred and yeah, you can't see anything. You can't see anything. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's the same. Yeah. That's same thing with hockey. Too. If you're sitting on a glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to sit on the glass. I, like I would do it once at a Hawks game for the experience of it, uh, sure. because mm-hmm. I think you can get a greater appreciation of just how fast the game is. Um, yeah. But for hockey, when I go to a hockey game, like if we were to buy Hawks tickets or Wolves tickets, we're going up high. We're going to the 300 level. Mm-hmm. Not because they're the cheaper tickets. It's because it's the better view. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. 100 percent correct. Because like I sat on a glass and. I ended up watching the other side of the ice on TV on the mm-hmm. jumbotron above. Yeah. yeah, because I couldn't see. Yep. Were you and were you in the corner or where were you? Yeah, corner. Okay. So I feel now like I the... did sit right behind the goalie, and I was about maybe five rows up from that. Okay. That was really cool. I'll bet. Yeah. That was, mm-hmm. you know, the pucks coming at you. You know. Yeah. You've seen how fast they actually are coming at you. Yeah. Like that's really cool. <laughs> but you can actually see the whole ice there too. Yeah. yeah. But uh. I, th- I think like the 200, 300 level is the best for hockey. Yeah. Um, let's close out here with some baseball and, and a little more talk on the lockout. Um, mm-hmm. And I, Drew, I know you have a, 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 I don't know if it's unique or not, but a, a perspective of, you know, sort of what the players are going for. When you take the salaries out of it, right, and the, and the, the baseball union is the strongest union in America because they don't have a salary cap, um, you know, so they're making millions upon millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, take that out of the equation because at the end of the day, they are employees of an organization. Um, so what is driving the players' arguments in this CBA? And, and you know, what's what's your perspective there with, you know, you being a part of a union? Well, the, the players, uh, well, first off, you got the collective bargaining agreement, which is what they're arguing over right now. They're, you know, trying to come to an agreement in a way. Uh, what happened in 94 is there was not a CBA, which collecting bargaining agreement, um, and they just continued playing. So when it came to August, when it was time for the owners to start making their more money and this and that, when playoffs came along, the players struck, causing the you know owners to you know freak out so that they had to listen to the players. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why they struck in 94 is because they allowed playing without an agreement, which you could still work without an agreement, but at any time you could strike. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not coming to your point, then you just stop working. Which then if you stop working, there's no, obviously no work being done, no money being brought in. Um, 
but like with the lockout, the man or the owners are the ones that stopped it. So that, that way, um, it puts the ball into the players' courts to come to an agreement because now you got people, you know, rehab, you know, like the people that were injured last year, they can't go and go to their trainers. They can't, you know, do this. So now you're putting the players back against the wall. So now the players have to start listening to the owners. Hmm. And that's why the lockout's happening. And they're hoping that they can solve it by spring training area, which I hope they do. But yeah. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But, um, but that's more or less what's going on is they, they just don't want to play without a, you know, the CBA mm-hmm. and cause another strike. Right. Which we all know what happened in 94. They lost a bunch of fans. And then 98 happened Sue with Sosa McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> but then 98 happened with Sosa McGuire, and that brought a lot more fans back. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't want to go through those years again of what, how can we bring fans back? Right. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot steroids. of <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. There's a lot uh, a lot in play. Um, one thing I, I think um, I did want to mention one improvement, um, and this is unconventional, but during the COVID season 2020, the World Series was held in Texas at the Rangers' brand new ballpark. All seven games were there. I think they should do that every year. <laughs> oh. I knew that was going to be your so. reaction. Okay. Because if they, the Cubs make it, I want a chance to go to well, the game. You could. You could. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, here, here's why. And I, th- I think this is true for all sports. You get to that level of postseason, and you're deciding the championship, field conditions and weather, stuff you can control t- technically because we have dome stadiums. Mm-hmm. Weather should be taken out of the equation, right? You want... Even, even though it's a neutral site, you want optimal conditions so that the best team can be decided on the field. Polo grounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Obviously. let's rebuild the polo they grounds. All, they will all be held at the reconstructed polo grounds. <laughs> You're on out. Well, I say that's what uh, contributed to the Cubs uh, 2016 World Series. I don't know if you guys remember, but 2016 was very warm all the it way was. through October. Yeah. Yes, it was. I was thinking about and that today. It was today, like yeah. 70s. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like even the... the um, November 2nd, the championship game that they won was like 68 or 70 or something like that when they, when they won it, like at that time, which was 11 o'clock at night. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I think that's what helped the Cubs win because they always been a warm, warmer weather team. Right. They always start off slow. I mean, always. God forbid the twins make the world series and we're playing in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. in late October at night. No, thanks. That's fun no, for right. no one. <laughs> you're correct. Yeah, I mean, you're right on that. But at the same token, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think. Too much of tradition. Their home field. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right. I mean, baseball, baseball during the playoffs is just electric. And yeah, you, you'd lose, you know, that environment of 50,000, 60,000 people riding and dying with every pitch. Um, yeah. But plus, uh, go, to go back to what Kelsey was saying about how every ballpark's different. Mm-hmm. That's an advantage right there. You got a yeah. home field advantage. I mean, you got Wrigley Field. You got those little cutouts in the corner. Right. You got the ivy. The basket. You got a brick wall behind that you know <laughs> yeah. that if you run into, you're going to freaking kill yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Insta uh, concussion. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, you go to Ash, you know, Houston. You got the right. Crawford boxes. You yep. got the big, you know, the Boston with the big. Uh, the Green Monster. Yeah. 
cream hustle. Jesus, I couldn't think of it. And you're a baseball guy. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we knew. We knew. So, so I think those are kind of the reason why. I mean, you just know how to play it better like, yeah. as the home team. Yep. Yep. No, but, it, like that ball gets away, you get an extra yeah. base. Yeah. Yeah, you that's know, that's where fair. if you go to Texas, no one knows that field unless you're the Rangers. Right. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think they would um have a chance to move it around like they do the Super Bowl, right? Have a rotation. Um I'm trying to think of mm-hmm. domed ballparks where it's relatively warm where they could still play the game outdoors if if it's warm enough, like Arizona, uh mm-hmm. Texas, Houston, um nothing in California, right? Um, Milwaukee. Yeah, you could play it in Milwaukee. It would have to be, obviously, domed the entire time. Seattle has retractable roof. Uh, Miami, uh, if Tampa Bay ever gets a new stadium. Uh, mm. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I'm surprised so, I haven't. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Uh, something to think about. I, I think, like, like Drew was saying, something would be lost, right? Environment would be lost. Home field advantage would be lost. But at the same time, you get to see the best two teams duke it out. Um, you know, on the field, it's, it's always a disappointment. Like think back to the bears super bowl in, in 06, it was raining that entire game, you know, not saying the yeah. bears would have beat the Colts if, uh, if the weather was perfect, but I mean, you're in Miami, you're expecting good weather. And then but, it rains. in the same token, the Colts play in a dome. They do. Yep. They always so, have. Yeah. Bears, bears playing snow, sleet, everything. Yep. So I mean, should have been an advantage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you got Cedric Benson fumbling, Rex Grossman, Butterfingers. Yeah. yeah. Rexy. <laughs> Good old only, Rexy. Only thing to cheer about was Devin Hester returning yeah. that kick. Yeah, exactly. The Chicago Hesters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Agreed. I think throw he'll that get in there. there. I think he'll get Woo-hoo. there. Um, Drew, he are you. He changed uh, the kicking game. Oh, for sure. Okay, I'm sorry. For Go sure. Uh, are you calling Just out sick you. tomorrow to play the new Call of Duty map or what? Uh, you know what? I was actually just looking to see if I could download it early. Yeah. <laughs> just start downloading it. He's like, oh, guys, I really got to go. It's getting late. Um, got to get to bed now. <laughs> I, think, I think they just shut the servers down. Oh, really? No, no, they got 20 more minutes until they shut the servers down. For Verdansk? Yeah. Wow. It was like 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time or something okay. like that. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. The, uh... <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yep. You guys are all the same. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for doing this. It was a lot of fun. Oh, no problem. Thanks um, for having me. Uh, always love talking baseball with you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have some more some more of those rebels get-togethers. And uh, oh, I know we've got our train crawl coming up in January. That's always um, <laughs> a blackout time. good time. <laughs> Special. <laughs> All right, bud. We'll let you go. All right. You guys have a good night.